welcome to the sleepover podcast. It's basically one big it's sleepover. It's basically one big sleepover. A sleepover that's three states away from each other. Yes. And also with two um, big-ass nerds. <laughs> and the sleepover's name is Fandames. You're so brave saying the name. I'm saying it. I'm saying You're it. You're saying it. This is Fandames. It's, this is Fandames. This is Fandames with Parks and Nebula. Uh, the other one is Parks. She's Nebula. We're here. We're chilling. We're chilling. Um, we're gonna do a fun, fun show for whoever is brave enough to listen to us literally just make an entire podcast about simping for Vegeta. It's what we deserve. It is what we deserve. Um, I want to deny that, like, we're gonna do that the entire time, but I know both of us, and I've seen our private conversations, and I know it's not gonna be any different. It's going to be that. Um, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It doesn't matter what we're dressing. It will always come back to Vegeta because time is not real. Everything in life is a circle. And it's okay if that circle involves a, a juicy Saiyan man, okay? <laughs> we're here. That's what we're doing. We're here. We're big weebs. We're ready to digitally party in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. But before we get into this digital party, would you like to start off with kind of telling us who you are and what you do and why you think you're qualified to sit at this sleepover circle right now? Yes. I would love to defend my invitation to this sleepover. Hey, what's up? My name is Nebula. I am a 23-year-old weeb and I am a digital artist, a traditional artist, a character artist, a graphic designer. I do a lot of... I I draw. I draw. I (laughs) watch a lot of uh, Dragon Ball. Not as much as my counterpart. I have been obsessed with anime and video games and pretty much everything in between in the realms uh, since I was a wee little child. And this is the second podcast that I have started because I'm obsessed with those things. But this time, it's all about the nitty gritty and the juicy and the Vegeta. Perfect. That's me. Parks, defend your invitation. I'm Parks. I'm 21. I'm a cosplayer of 10 years, probably more now that I've actually said it, because I realize I've been saying 10 years for the last three. So um, more like 12 years now at this rate. Yes, time isn't real. It's 12. But I've been a long time like costumer before cosplay was really a thing in my life. I'm a huge anime dork. I've been into most major animes. Uh, Dragon Ball was a recent one again, actually. I mostly played games my whole life. I've been playing almost every shooter that's ever come onto any console. I've been a huge RPG nerd. I've been playing WoW since WoW came out. Uh, you want to you wanna address your, your League of Legends sins? No, I don't. No, that? no, I didn't want to bring that up. I was purposely going to stow that away. But I know I can see you looking at my League of Legends shit behind me. So I know you know. Um, yes. I've been playing League of Legends for seven years now. Been going strong for that. I'm a cosplayer for League. I've done appearances for esport events in Utah. I am very vocal about it um, for the most part. I'm still on the smaller end of things because with my chronic disabilities, which I speak out about, I haven't been able to do as much as I'd like to. And it kind of came downhill and it especially didn't do any well with the pandemic. But I'm a big dork. Um, I've been a big dork forever. And it's consumed my entire personality for the last uh, 20 years. She's basically a freaking superhero for going to cons and talking about disability and nerd spaces and particularly in female nerd spaces and what that means. And I I just, I, I like you. I like you. I think you're <laughs> I'm pretty I'm so neat. glad you're willing to buff my ego because I'm not. I'm glad that we're at this point in our relationship that is maybe a month old. <laughs> 
It is, which is also something we should we should address that this podcast is almost as old as our friendship. <laughs> yes, we've basically been talking about these themes within and kind of spitballing a podcast to each other since we met, since day one. It's been kind of established that at the point of this being put out that I was going to be a guest because even before Neb and I actually had a conversation, we had people telling us like, when are you going to put her as a guest on your podcast? Because the minute yeah. they saw what I did and what I talk about, they're like, you got to get her on. Before we even had a chance to speak, people were already petitioning me on, which is fine. It's hilarious now because they'll still say it, but here we are. And they don't know a damn thing. They don't know a damn thing. We're so slick. Yeah. So, um, man, you like really went whole hog on that. Uh, (laughs) Which part? (laughs) On on everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm sorry. I thought you wanted me to like. No, I appreciate it. I I was supposed to defend myself. So I did. You did. You defended your invitation very well. And now I'm going to establish dominance at this sleepover and say yes, that I am, oh my god, I am also um, a co-host on Whooper and Nebula's Nerdtastic Galaxy with my beautiful and amazing partner, Whooper. But Parks is my wife. I have claimed her as such, and even her own husband cannot cannot fight me on this. <laughs> and he doesn't. He knows. He knows that yeah. female friendships, you know each other for a day, and the next thing you know, you're actually married. So... He's not going to contest it. He knows. That's just just how lady friendships work. That's why this podcast is completely, like, founded on, you know, it's meant to be a comfort. It's meant to feel like you're a part of it. And that's great because that's just how it works. That beautiful feeling of being able to sit down, talk about the dumbest shit and feel like you've known this person for at least the last 10 years. Yes, 100%. Also, like, you know, hence sleepover vibes, hence vibes of sending each other weird fanfics at 3 a.m. and saying, hey, have you read this one yet? There's a really good chapter of Vegeta Fox. Anyways, that's our entire friendship and the entire existence of this little podcast. Exactly. That's the feeling we want to go for. Hell yes. Do you want to give us a little bit of an explanation into what kind of launched you into this um, sleepover qualifier? What what made you a nerd? Where was your nerd origin story? Tell us. So both of my parents, um, not to like uh, uh, tragic backstory, but it's not even really tragic. Both of my parents, they had me when they were really young. My dad was 21. My mom was 22, 23. And both of them were kind of, you know, young adults. They didn't really know how to parent a kid. So one of them would be at work and I would just be kind of hanging out with the other. But my mom was narcoleptic. So a lot of the times I was just kind of hanging out with my dad. And that was doing things like watching Robotech, playing uh, Halo, Call of Duty 3 at the time. Just beginning games um, with him. I was beating my uncle, who was at the time like 11. Like, my mom has recollection of him coming upstairs crying because I was beating him at Halo 2 because that's all I did with my dad. So I was playing games as soon as I could really hold a controller and do stuff. I was watching animes with him from back in the day, the early, like, 2000s, beginning 90s. So most of, like, my experience with stuff like Inuyasha was when I was a child. So I don't really have strong memory of core story points, but I still have the experience of watching it with my dad. It kind of spit, it kept going from there. My dad was working a lot. My mom was working a lot. But when I was with my mom, I was doing stuff like watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and listening to like all sorts of music and watching more movies and horror movies and shows with her because she's also a giant dork. My dad is more technical about gaming. He loves D&D. He loves Warhammer. He loves console gaming. He's all on that side of things, whereas my mom is more on the other side of it, doing uh, media and cinema, TV shows, stuff like that. Because simply she has emotion sickness where she can't play video games like she would like to. 
So I would get that say from her. I watched Evangelion with her. I watched uh, Kill a Kill with her. Shit, there's so much more. It's hard to recall them all. You watched Kill a Kill with your mom? Fuck yeah, I did. I also watched Not So Blast My Mom. My mom is a porn aficionado. Um, (laughs) God, your mom's cool as shit. Everything I learned about this lady. She had crates and crates. Like, her and her girlfriend had crates and crates of, of, like, hentai. They had so much fucking hentai. This is... I'm not kidding. This is, She was not this way when I was a child. I was not exposed to hentai from her when I was a child. That was not from her. Excellent disclaimer. Mom, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry I'm telling everyone about your hentai. Yeah. Both of my parents were into comic books. My mom's cosplayed Scarlet Witch before. She's the one that got me into it. She was making me Halloween costumes since I was a kid, and then she taught me how to sew. So she did that for me. She got me a brat sewing machine when I was seven and taught me how to sew with that. So it was a tiny little purple shit machine. Beautiful. That is the coolest shit i am retroactively jealous of you yeah brats were amazing my dad used to bribe me with brat dolls because i was i'm six foot four so i was like five two when i was like seven which is how tall i am and i'm yes. 23 <laughs> yes um so he would bribe me with brats dolls to go on big ass roller coasters because i was scared because i was a child but he's like you're tall enough you just got to go for it i'm like pay me so Yes, my dad bribed me with brat sauce to do stuff. But my mom got me a brat sewing machine. Um, she taught me how to sew. She taught me how to make costumes and do what I like. And from there, it kind of completely became who I am. She was the reason I went into the medical field. She knows everything. She's a practicing nurse. She does a lot of cool stuff. Um, she's always been supportive of who I am, even when I was going to school in Hitalia wigs and uh, closet, closet cosplays. Can't wait to get she into that. She didn't judge me for those. Oh my god. We're, not- we're gonna get into it. I got home and she, before um, I came into my room to record, she was talking to me and she's like, are you excited for the new Hitalia episode? I'm like, who the fuck told you about this, first of all? Because I know I didn't. And second of all, yeah, maybe a little, <laughs> but <laughs> both of her and my dad were into comic books. Her, she mostly preferred, like, Marvel. She does, mar- she still plays Marvel Puzzle Quest, and she's been playing it consistently for the last, like, six years. She has super rare covers, and she maintains that shit. She loves Marvel still. So both my parents really, really, really shifted who I am. They've been supportive of my hobbies. Most of what I've consumed now in terms of my favorite things being, like, my connection for Halo I still have. It's one of my favorite games, even if Halo 5 was the absolute worst thing I've ever played in my life. Um, my reconnection to DC and Marvel specifically both came from them because there was that weird... Everyone has that weird rebellious phase where it's like, this is what my parents like, but like, I want to be my own person, so I don't like what they like. I don't know if you had that phase. I might be talking about my ass. This might be an isolated experience, but I was like, <laughs> my parents like comics. Like, I want to be able to kind of grow past that. So I started pushing myself into shitty anime. That was whatever. That was something that, that they tolerated it, though. Good for them. I kind of fell out of love with, like, comic books, which was dumb because I was always reading my dad's growing up. I fell in love with young adult shit novels. My favorite book is a horrible-ass Fallen Angel one. I'm not even going to name it because I don't want to shame myself like that. Name it. Do it's it. It's the Hush Hush series by Becca Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. I never actually read it, though. It came out in the same era as Twilight and everything, but it's better than it by far. The cover always looked cool. I remember being told that I should read it. I have it back here. I don't want to go find it, but you should. Kind of good. Kind of shaped my taste in men. So did Spike from Buffy. Thank you. I was really hoping you were going to say Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, no, he did too. My mom fucking loves Cowboy Bebop. I have a signed print from um, Steve Bloom for her. She also loves, loves, loves Samurai Champloo. Samurai Champloo is her favorite anime of all time. I don't think I've ever heard of that. 
You've never heard of Samurai Champloo? No. <laughs> it literally has the best running soundtrack. It has the best story. It's done by the same people who did Cowboy Bebop. Oh, okay. That's cool. Except it's literally mixing like rap themes and Western themes with old samurai like A- ideology. Is this Afro Samurai? No, no, no. But they're in the same kind of vein. Okay. Well, Afro Samurai is less story-based, whereas Samurai Champloo is. We will make a watch party. That It's like one season, but it's so good and it will make you cry. And it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm surprised you haven't with you being a like Full Metal Alchemist nerd. Because they came out in the same time. Okay, so are you talking about like FMAO3? Like the, yes. the OG one? Yeah, yes. okay. I did not get into Full Metal Alchemist until I want to say like closer to 2006 or seven. Because I remember being a big enough fan that I, like, was a fan of the whole series before Brotherhood came out, because I remember watching it premiere. But I was also still really young then. I would have been, like, 12, I think. I was watching Brotherhood as it came out. Like, every my dad would come home. So my dad's a mail carrier, and he would carry for the neighborhood that we lived in. But he would come home on his lunch breaks. He would have 30 minutes. Episodes were 22 minutes. We would start the new episode, watch it on his laptop downstairs, and then he would go back to work. We were never a day without watching an episode of Brotherhood when it came out. That's awesome. We were so caught up. My dad loves Brotherhood, but um, I kind of grew out of that. Like, I got into Hitalia. I got into JoJo. I got into Transformers more, which was weird because my dad loved Transformers. My dad collected the shit out of them. He played all the games. He had all the movies. But I was like, I don't want to like your Transformers. I want to like my Transformers. But once I kind of hit 16, I was mostly focused on only League of Legends. Like, only League of Legends. It was my only thing I did. It was the only thing I cosplayed. It's the only thing I drew. Um, I've been writing League of Legends fanfiction and role-playing it for since, since then. It's been too long. Um, embarrassed. I'm an adult still writing fanfiction for a shitty game. Such is life. I grew into Devil May Cry when I was 18, even though I've had experience to it beforehand. But when I tried to play it myself, I picked up the shitty remake, hated every moment of it, put it down, swore off Devil May Cry. I fucking hated it because the one re- like remake ruined it for me. Picked it back up. Loved it. I am a Dante simp. I got my body pillow back there. I know who I am. And I've been kind of floating around, kind of more trying to be less critical of myself and my taste and kind of like, I can watch this shit for fun and I'm not an idiot for doing so. Because I liked a bunch of stuff I didn't want to like anymore. And I was ashamed of myself because I had a Hitalia face. And my first day, so I moved to a new high school freshman year, which kind of sucks because when you're in these tight knit communities, you know everybody you're going to school with. And then you kind of get tossed into it where you're going into someone else's community. You don't know. So the first day of my freshman year, I wore a Attack on Titan jacket, praying to God I would make friends. And I did not. Oh, man. I regretted it because that show was bad. I believe in Attack on Titan slander. Do not argue with Amazing. me about it. <laughs> not, not that you would, but anyone else listening to this, I'm sorry if you're upset, but I will not watch your damn show. I watched oh season two and a half to see why Marco died to confirm the same headcanons I've had since I was 13 when it aired. And guess what? I was right, and I don't need to fucking watch it anymore. This is no longer fandoms and is just Park's This backstory. is my bitter rage. I'm sorry. You asked <laughs> why, and I'm giving it to you. Park's villain origin story. 
<laughs> we're pretty much cat caught up at this point. Uh, I've started cosplaying more into DC because I kind of fell back in love after every movie being absolute shit. Surprisingly, I picked up with characters who were not in the actual DCU anymore, technically. I mean in this in terms of the cinematic universe rather than comic books, because whatever. But I, like, came back in because I'm in love with Supergirl. I'm in love with Jason Todd. I love all of the Robins. I picked up Dragon Ball probably at the end of last year. This has not been that long. I picked up Dragon Ball again, like, October, probably. And I've Whoa, been stuck with okay. Yeah. I grew up with it. So I watched Original Z. I watched bits of GT with my dad. And then I completely stopped. Because I kind of hit like 9, 10. And that was the age where I was getting bullied for it. Because no one gave a fuck. But then when I tried to get back into it. I was with like surrounded by dude bros who were like. But can he beat Goku? Like I don't give a fuck about who can beat Goku. I want to look at Piccolo and Vegeta's asses through their fucking pants. Why is he wearing tight power armor if not for me to enjoy? True. So I didn't give a fuck. Ab I was like, okay, I like Dragon Ball growing up, but I do not want you to talk to me about it. I do not want to watch it anymore. This is not anything I like. And then I got sent, um, <laughs> I got sent some porn. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Vegeta's oh, kind of hot still. So I speed ran watching all of GT and Super in a night. Not like completely in a night, but I watched most of it. I consumed as much as I could, and I immediately fell back into the rabbit hole. I have you, a big shrine now. You literally were just the line from SpongeBob when Squidward yells, Oh no, he's hot! <laughs> just fell into that. That's hilarious. That's how all of my hyperfixations have come to be. Because it's like, I'm cringe, but I'm free. I am cringe, but I am free. That's this whole show's motto. Yeah, we're the cringiest people around. Um, That's fine. But that's where Cr I'm at now. Cringe isn't real. No. Hold on. Cringe culture is real. And you need to tell that 12 to 14 year olds that they are cringe and it's okay. Because if they refuse to admit they're cringe, they're going to continue to be adults who are cringe. And I don't mean cringe in like a way that you and I are cringe. I mean, they're going to go and post like horrific shit that they shouldn't be saying. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like the tone deaf kind of cringe. Yeah. Like Listen, the, we're Hitalia cosplayers at a 9-11 monument kind of cringe. That shit needs to be cut out when you're young. I did not even know that that happened. Oh my happened. god. We're, I, this, is in, this is for another time. Oh but yes, god. that's happened multiple times. At different, oh. different memorials. It's happened at Holocaust Museums, several. It's happened, <laughs> yes. There's fan art of it. I will give you some. I will go onto DeviantArt and find you some. I just wanted I just wanted to do a fun little podcast with my new wife and I thought, hey, how cool would it be if we just talked about our experiences as ladies in fandom? And then this bitch decides to You thought you were safe. I'm cringe. I cannot believe that this is real. I just can't. I lived the worst timeline of anime fans. Fucking apparently. Yeah. It's bad. Well, you made it. You made it we to the sleepover. We made it. I made it. I'm here. About to get kicked we're out if I mention anything more about my Italia phase, but I'm here. We're drinking root beer. We're hanging out. I will not kick you out because of your Italia phase, because I also had a Italia phase. You had a homestuck phase, so... I did. I had both homestuck and Italia at the same time. Were you into Super Hulak? No. 
Thank God. Oh my God. One of my ex-boyfriends, we're still friends now. I hope he doesn't listen to this because I don't want to. But he tried so hard to make me think that Sherlock was good. I turned on episode one. That shit was like an hour and a half for one episode. First of all, excuse me? No. I do not like Benedict Cumberbatch. I will not respect him. He looks like a fucking alien. He's not the hottest man alive and Tumblr needs to hear it. I throw on the first episode. I watch for maybe 10 minutes, and I pass the fuck out. Yeah, and yeah. And I wake Bam- up, and it's over. I'm like, oh, shit, I went through two episodes on accident. I look up Cliff Notes and lie to him. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I watched him. I'm like, this is good. Queen shit. Queen <laughs> it shit. It was bad. I liked Doctor Who. I hated Supernatural. But I was not going to tell people I liked Doctor Who because, you know, Tumblr Whovians were a nightmare to deal with because half of them were like 30. Like, you are on Tumblr when you're 30 talking to children. Eh, I mean, you can be on whatever website you want. Just don't be creepy about it. Yeah, but also, the who like, the Whovians were creepy. That's the issue. Yeah, yes. And um, so I didn't like Sherlock because uh, Bandicoot Cumberbund is a horrible actor and I refuse to acknowledge him. Um, I, <laughs> I hated Doctor Who, but I liked Supernatural. However, I still stand by the fact that Supernatural should have ended, like, after season four, maximum, like, after season six, and I did not like how far it went. I think I watched up to season nine and was like, I'm done. You're so (laughs) fucking brave for even trying that. Um, I watched it to season four, and I agree, should have fucking ended right there. But I also watched, do you remember, there was an anime there was an anime but i didn't watch it it was good it was good but not because of the storyline it was because they were drawn exceptionally hotter than their live action counterparts that's oh my god yes please i need this but also did you see the ending uh no the car went to heaven and cassio went to super hell for being gay okay so i i know the details like i know what happened and i watched like a very small clip and i was for a split second for like 48 hours i was a 13 year old on tumblr again because i immediately went back to like okay hold on so like the brazilian translation says this and then the french translation says this and um so jensen ackles stuff is like actually kind of patchwork together and he's in love with he's in love with Cass. You can't tell me otherwise. And that's canonical, and they tried to cover this up, and, like, wholeheartedly. Where the fuck did the Brazilian translation come into this? I can't remember if it was Brazilian or Spanish, but it was one of them. In the English one, they're in love. Like, it's confirmed that these two are lovers. And then Cassiel dies right after. Like, you get no time to process it. You get no time. It's like, this is bait. This is fucking bait for you little gay kids. This is bait. And then he's dead. You're like, oh, Okay, so hold on. So here's here's where all the, the translation shit comes in. Because, like, everybody and their dog was trying to say, well, Dean said that, or, like, Cass said he loved Dean because he loves him like a brother. And then everyone <laughs> who watched the English and the Spanish one and understood Spanish was saying, no, you idiots, because the way that it is, like, the word that they used or the context in which it was spoken uh, is specifically in context to romantic love, and it has nothing to do with platonic love, and so then that started this whole thing, and, like, I I was asking my friend who speaks Spanish, like, can you confirm this? (laughs) Can you just listen to this and tell me? I was freaking out for 
a hot second and I returned to those days. And then I realized that I stopped caring and <laughs> Jensen Ackles needs to stop playing Dean, Winche- <laughs> Dean Winchester. Dean Winchester. He's going to be in um, the next season of The Boys, which is going to be kind of exciting, but he's also playing the same fucking type of character. So he's going to ruin the season of The Boys is what I'm saying. Here's my big problem. Jensen Ackles is a very pretty man. And I, I would I would love to just just get a nice warm hug from him and be like, thank you, grizzled man, and uh, call it a day. My problem is that he looks like a shitty ex-boyfriend of mine, but prettier. So I'm like, why? 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 I had the opportunity and he was an asshole. You could have been Jensen Ackles. You could have. You had the jawline. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm kind of glad you said this because I was about to lead in and say, I don't think I would let Jensen Ackles hold my drink at a party. I don't trust that man. See, I'm not worried about Jared Padalecki. Oh my he... god, I wouldn't trust either of them. If I yeah. saw both of them at a party and I'm like, if I don't know everyone I'm with and I see these two, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, if they're the other ones, like, if they're the outliers, like, the brand new invites to a party, cool. But if I don't know, like, at least three other people at this party and those two are there... I'm going. I'm not going to be left with them. They look like they would trap me in a corner at prom, and I'm not cool with it. I mean, I don't blame you. I went to high school and college with a guy who was, like, one, who was obsessed with Supernatural, and two, was, like, convinced that he was a Dean Winchester type. Like, no. No. That's that's not how this works. Just because you smell like you live in a car doesn't mean you're Dean Winchester type. (laughs) Why? Men are so brave, and I say this with the most love in my heart. Like, obviously, I'm a fan of confident men, and that's perfect. I love a man who knows what he wants. But when he tells me he's Dean Winchester type and he smells like like dollar store brew and totally listens to Nickelback, he needs to shut the fuck up. Honey, you're a little cowboy. You're a little cowboy with your little cowboy boots. You are not fucking Dean Winchester coded, and you don't want to be. If I date you, I'm going to go to fucking super hell. All I have to say is, as an Oklahoman and a cowboy, fuck you. <laughs> How dare you insult you cowboys like, like that? Do you smell like brute? No, because Dean and whoever thinks they are Dean are an insult to cowboys. <laughs> All right. So anyways, you gave a novel of a backstory. So yes, I'll, please I'll go give ahead. A, a novella at the very least. Fill me in. Okay. If you have listened to Nerdtastic Galaxy before, or specifically Level 1, The Origin Stories, I kind of touched on all this shit previously, but for the sake of the context of ladies and not, like, strictly talking to a guy about it, let's run through this shit again. I am from Oklahoma, uh, which is sad enough, and uh, I am the youngest of three kids with parents who were kind of on the older side when they had me. They were almost 40 when I was born. Uh, So I had, like, 80s-style parents. Like, they were married in the 80s, but were parenting me in the 2000s. So it had a very weird mix. And so I was pretty much left to my own devices. And my brother is very similar to me, what, like, your dad was to you, in the sense of introducing all this different media. And my brother showed me Samurai Jack, first off. Which I was like, this this is cool as shit. He's like, oh, I got even I got even cooler shit for you, little baby neb. And he showed me Inuyasha, and it was off to the races from there. Because I still love Inuyasha. I recently rewatched it with my partner, 
But I fell into love with um, Inuyasha and subsequently, like, any anime I could get my grubby little fingers on. I watched Dragon Ball Z with some neighbor friends, but not religiously. It was pretty much just to watch, like, a few episodes here and there. And um, I grew up as, like, the tomboy kid surrounded by a lot of guy friends. So I was always kind of that caught in that awkward of, like, I want to talk about the kind of stuff that I like, but I also, like, want to be a part of the conversation. So I had a very love-hate relationship with anything weeb-related for a long time. And um, I have a very lovely and amazing god sister. She and I um, are about the same age difference that you and I are. And she would (laughs) write Inuyasha fanfiction with me, and we'd email it to each other back and forth and, like, create the stupid little signatures and be like, Inukog forever, and, like, (laughs) rainbow highlights. and With the stickers that you stole from DeviantArt? Oh, absolutely. Perfect. I had had a DeviantArt. Um, I was obsessed with Kingdom Hearts as a kid. I'm still obsessed with Kingdom Hearts, but, like, like it's it's fine now because I (laughs) – it's it's fine. We'll get into it. (laughs) I'm in love with Axel. It's okay. But that's kind of like what really kicked it off for me in particular was discovering this love for the characters more so than the story and also having someone to engage with it. So she and I were talking 24-7, stayed up till four o'clock in the morning, just like instant messaging each other on like Yahoo Messenger, AOL and stuff. And we would just swap stories, swap fan arts, swap theories, recommend a bunch of different shows to each other. And that's kind of when I started getting into like Oran High School Host Club and Full Metal Alchemist and Death Note and a lot of more like well-known and well-loved shows. And then I got into some like stupid shows <laughs> and all the all the dumb shit you have to get into before you um, ascend to your Hitalia status or descend, whichever works. It's decent. Yes. But around middle school is where I kind of started to find some people that I I vibed with a little better. And it's where I met my current partner, actually. And he and I have been friends for, good Lord, 12 12 years now. And we really bonded over this kind of um, love for video games and love for anime. And my brother is also the the person that, like, bought me my very first uh, gaming console. He bought me my first games. And to this day, I still have that PS2 that he bought me in, like, near-perfect condition. Even though I've played it for years and years and years, it still runs like a dream. And it's one of the, one of, like, two brand new consoles that I ever owned. Everything else secondhand. But that motherfucker is going with me to the grave. (laughs) I'll never sell it. I love it so much. So I got into gaming that way and then everything else was kind of like passed on to me through my brother so he gave me his old xbox 360 which i also still have and also still runs great and played bioshock um halo 3 skyrim portal portal was a big one for the time and kind of like this pendulum of oh dark goth shooter games ooh scary story ooh, haha, i love this and then like bright colorful fun anime but also dark themes question mark we'll address that in therapy in six years <laughs> like i just could not pick one particular area that i wanted to stay in so i'm a lot like you park so i just hopped around and wanted to figure out what i was into but my parents were very much like not into it i have a very distinct memory of when Skyrim had like just come out. So I would have been, I was in eighth grade when Skyrim came out. And, you know, 
how like sometimes you have those kill cams where it'll go in first person if you get like a critical shot and it'll have like a whole execution move thing. Yes. I was playing one. I was dual wielding swords and it gave me like the cool critical hit kill cam and I like crossed the swords over the character and decapitated them that way. And my dad was sitting on my left and my mom was sitting on my right, like in my room watching me play this game. Total happenstance. Just like, let's go see what Neb's doing. And my mom turns white as a sheet. It's like, I don't think you should play this anymore. And my dad is stoked. And he's like, this is the coolest game I've ever seen. Yeah, my dad likes to min-max. So he played Oblivion. He got 100% on every single skill before he even touched the main storyline. So he shows up to the final battle of Oblivion, where it's supposed to be like a challenge. He's min-maxed so hard he one-shots the final dude and then leaves. (laughs) My dad is- yeah- so my dad's the same as yours in terms of loving the f- hell out of it. He, I played Oblivion with him. I played Skyrim with him. My dad min-maxed Skyrim several times and then still beat the game as a sneaky archer. That's, that was me. I was like, let's go, let's go max out every single skill and put on a bunch of stealth shit and down a bunch of stealth potions and just go shoot arrows at random things. That was 100% how I played that game. And it's to this day how I play D&D. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what we do on any Skyrim build. Everything comes back to Sneaky Archer. I love it. He has good taste. It's right? the only way to play it. Continue. So that was like... Yeah, that was, that was late middle school and getting into early high school was also at the same time... I fell into my Hitalia and Homestuck pit, and I had been on Tumblr for a couple of years at that point, and I am truly a Tumblr veteran. I've been on Tumblr actively for 10 years. I'm still on that stupid fucking website. Less so now, but occasionally I hop on and like, where'd my favorite fan artist post here? Okay, that's fine. I'll see you in a week, Tumblr. <laughs> it's a hellscape that I truly will never be able to get out of. I've accepted it as my fate. It's where I live now. Okay, I have to ask this, though. Were you into specifically Hetzhalia Twitter in, like, 2013, 2014? No. Okay, so you managed to bypass all of that. Yes. I know that I was on Twitter from, like, 2011 to, I like, said early 2013. madam. You said Twitter, Did ma'am. I? I don't know who I am. I'm so sorry. Cut, cut this oh shit out. I didn't make okay. no mistake. <laughs> um, were you on Tumblr? Sorry. Sorry. Tumblr's not real to me anymore. Were you on Tumblr in those years? For, for Hitalia? Yes, like very active. Okay, were you following any of the cosplay ask blogs specifically? One... I think. And then I followed like several drawn ask blogs where they would just like do fan art and stuff. And I know that one of them was a Italia and or Italy and Romano one. And I to this day don't know if it was you or not. Okay. I was not an art one. I was a cosplayer. Yes, but I followed one cosplay one. Okay, hold Italy on. And Romano. <laughs> was it specifically? I know who you're talking Was It was the biggest one in the community, right? I don't remember. I, Is I really it like don't. their wig was a darker brown? They used kind of a wire cheeky specifically, and then they did GIF role plays with a Spain. Maybe. Okay, I know that person IRL. Okay. And the Spain. And the Spain. We knew each other IRL. There's threads of us interacting because I was a Femromano blog specifically. Okay, no, I didn't. Follow you, you can then. still probably find my old app, even though it doesn't work. It's Ask Lovina Vargas. Um, I knew the biggest Spain role player. And the biggest Romano role player, like, 
in person. We hosted events. I've met them at cons. That is insane to me. Yes. If you knew that Romano role player and you saw their posts, if you ever saw a femme Romano show up in the replies, it was most likely me. Which means you and I probably have at least seen each other once before. Probably. And the thing is, like, I have changed my Tumblr name once, exactly once. And I remember what it was beforehand, and I am saying neither of them. <laughs> I will I will DM you later. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so if you found me in anything, like, you'd be able to find me specifically. My cringe aspect of Tumblr is that I, like, ran active fandom blogs until I was 20. Like, I had a Voltron fandom blog on Tumblr. Like, a Voltron legendary defender fandom Tumblr. You committed to that shit after season one? You stuck with it? You're like, this is it? This is where I want to stay? I watched every single episode at least three times. Oh, sweetheart, no! I can't tell you how many times I've watched the first episode. No! The hour-long first episode. I loved the first season. I liked season two. And then it got bad. It got so bad. The fandom was the worst thing in the world. But you are so brave. I appreciate you. I salute my heart to you, babe. Thank you. I managed to, honest to God, like, avoid all of the really horrible, um, like, anti and pro shipper nonsense. Like, I just kind of watched. I didn't follow anybody who was super in it. I would just see people reply and be like, the fuck is this shit? And it was just a bystander, like... I, it looks like these toddlers are punching each other, and I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> um, that's not even my beef. The shipping is not even my beef. Um, so my friend, one of my dearest, dearest friends, was hosting a web- she was She's an independent artist, and she had a webcomic. And that webcomic, the main character had a black mullet. And she'd been writing this for about a year before Voltron came out. But the Voltron fandom got their little fucking hands on it and sent her so much hate because, like- she was copying Keith, even though her character existed before Keith. So the Voltron fandom bullied her so hard, she fucking changed her handle on everything, deleted her comic, and has never worked on it since. So, I hate those motherfuckers. That shit sucks. And also, I want to point out to anybody that said a single word to this friend of yours, Voltron is from the 80s. Nothing is new. Nothing <laughs> is new. Nothing. Nothing is new. Voltron is from the 80s, and then the 90s, and then the 2000s. Time is a circle. This shit's being remade 20 million times. You are not fresh. Keith is not new. No, it's like picking up the most recent like Power Rangers movie, even though it sucked shit, falling in love with it, and being like, this is like the newest thing ever, and then finding out it has a show that's been going on for years, and then like being upset. Yes, literally. Like, this is and, so cool and oh. original. You're like, no, it's really not. That's how I kind of feel about, I love she personally, but people act like it's like the newest shit. It's like, these characters are, like, so fresh. I mean, and for the most part, they are, because it's been completely remade. But it's still the same basic plot and scenery. Like, come on, you gotta know that this is- you can't reinvent the wheel to that many times. Yeah, especially because then it's no longer a reboot. Like, it's a- it's a spiritual successor at that point, if you change a ton of it. They still have the same dumbass names, they have the same color palettes, and that's fine, because the original is kitschy as hell- and they changed the things that needed to be changed about the show and left all the cute 80s shit in that was actually good. You mean the characters not being retraces of each other? Where it's yes, literally oh the same God. body drawn o- It's 
How the fuck? If you look at old Shira, old Kashira, layer them on top of each other through the same. The silhouette is exactly the same, even to the costumes. Do you know why? Because it's meant to sell action figures. I'm aware. But like, damn, bro. It's a reboot. Like, some people just don't know. And it's like, fine, what, you guys are young, This it's meant for kids, but like the adults in the fandom, the teenagers, you can't be like this, bro, come on. You gotta have at least seen original She-Ra in any media at least once. For real. And like, I don't know, it's just, I've been involved in toxic fandoms, I have avoided toxic fandoms and i have watched them fight each other to the death i was on tumblr during misha apocalypse nothing scares me my friends participated in misha apocalypse oh bitch same i I was not in misha apocalypse but i was i've been like deep in tumblr fandoms i was there when misha collins posted his actual phone number on twitter or it was either twitter or tumblr and it made its way to tumblr and a bunch of people were texting him and getting, like, honestly really nice replies. But it was still really weird. And, like, so many people then were trying to game the system. They were trying to be assholes. They were trying to pull pranks. And then it just spiraled. <laughs> I feel like he's done something wrong. I feel like he- isn't he, like, anti-vax or something? No, Misha Collins is fine. No, he's not. I remember this. Jared Padalecki is the creepy one. They're all creepy. Don't lie. I haven't seen anything about Misha Collins. I hope he's fine. <laughs> but that, like, started that whole thing. I was really deep into Homestuck. I never finished Homestuck. And the scary thing is, recently, because of this pandemic, I have thought about finishing it. And I hate that thought. But I just want to know what happens. And I don't think I ever fully understood the storyline anyway. <laughs> I remember there was a cosmic frog. There were characters made out of billiards and like pool balls and pool cues. And there was a chess game in space or the dreamscape question mark. Something like that. That's honest to God all I remember. All I know from Homestuck is Megalovania go burr. <laughs> I, okay, I want to believe you, but I know you were deep. I've seen your troll paint. I've seen your troll paint. So I know you are not just a surface level fan. I cosplayed Vriska twice. I went to one convention in Oklahoma City with a couple friends. And I, after making those horns, and I made like four sets of horns for other friends because they were too lazy to do their own. Um, after making those, I was like, I never want to make these again. <laughs> I'm just going to read it. And I, I wore them to like... I wore it to the con, and then I wore with that same group to school when I was a freshman in high school. Where they had like this big con- not I was about to say convention. We had this big assembly for like a yearly event that um, all the schools in my hometown do, <laughs> and we all sat together, even though we weren't supposed to, because you were supposed to divide by grade. And we had like friends of every grade in this group, and we all just sat together as these little idiots. We nobody painted gray that day thank god because we would have gotten sent home <laughs> you still had the horns people knew what you were I did. about i know for a fact still you still the wore horns. the shirts with the goddamn i did yeah I did. you tried to pretend this was surface level just because you don't remember shit now doesn't mean i don't know your secrets no i mean i'm not trying to hide anything i just wasn't anywhere near as deep into it as some of the people i knew and associated with that's that were fair in that fandom but i have to ask because this is in the same era and same breath of what we were into were you a black butler fan actually no thank god so, okay hold on thank god 
uh, uh, uh. I was friends with someone who was, and it was their wallpaper on their phone was Seb CL, and they were hard into Seb CL. I was like, this is weird. This is a little sus. Yeah, no, thank you. It's a baby. Okay, so I had this, like, frenemy, which I hate using that word, but it's the only way to describe this person, when I was in middle school and early high school, and she was very much, like, the bad bitch that people wanted to be but were afraid of and also wanted to bully. And so she took it out on, like, other people around her. And so I thought she was cool. And then I didn't realize until later that she was bullying the hell out of me and would make fun of the things that I liked and stuff. And she was into Black Butler hard fucking core. And she was into it in the way that was like, you can't be a fan of this because I'm a fan of it and I know every single thing possible. So we can't even talk about it because you won't get it. Like, that bad. <laughs> there was no way in hell I, she was not consuming, like, weird Shota stuff. I know it. Oh, yeah, no, she was, like, I think she was pretty into Seb Ciel and then Ciel and whatever that other guy's name was, like, Alois? Alois? Ooh, yeah, no, that's the right character. That's, that's the right character. Ugh. Yes. So, I say all of this with the caveat of, I never got into Black Butler. I wanted to because I liked the art and I liked the animation. And I was so afraid of it because I thought this girl was going to kick my ass. <laughs> she was protecting you. That She wasn't bullying you. She was protecting you. Parks, I'm about to disappoint you so hard. I watched three seasons of Black Butler last summer. <laughs> Did you hate it? Eh, it wasn't that good, but it also no. wasn't horrible. No. It was just like, okay. It's okay. Mostly... I like J. Michael Tatum. I think that's his name. That's why I just go and rewatch uh Oron fifty times and then <laughs> Okay. I rewatch Oron at least once every other month. A month? Yeah. I watch it at least six times a year. Oh my god. I speedrun that shit. Do you wanna know how many times I read the Hunger Games series? No. Good. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> You don't want to. It's a hardcore hyperfixation. It's in the triple digits. Ma'am. Okay, anyways. We're continuing. Black Butler existed, and I wasn't into it at the time. Um, I'll tell you what I was into was Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood every fucking day of my life. I was obsessed with Ed. I was in love with Ed. I still kind of am. <laughs> I don't Just even think bit. it's kinda. I think it's a lot more. He's my, he's my height. Yeah, I <laughs> and know. And that's hard to find. But I also was in love with Winry because I'm a bi bitch. You got two hands. <laughs> I got two hands. But I was very much into that, and then in, like, mid to late high school, I kind of got sucked into the mindset of, it's really dumb of you to like anime and to be so into video games, and you should probably dial back. And I really let um, school just, like, consume me. I got involved in a lot of, like, really unhealthy relationships, and it just made everything worse because the people that I was surrounding myself with were also of that mindset of like, I don't think you should really watch anime. I think you should watch something societally acceptable like Scrubs. Like, fuck you. You are the scrub in this situation. <laughs> scrubs is a good show, but it's no fucking Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. So late high school hit, and that was also when I was like, sucked back into a couple things like i had a friend who was really into supernatural and that's whenever we were trying to finish through season nine it's like all right this is fine i guess and right before any big thing happens in my life i rewatched the entirety of full metal alchemist brotherhood because it's my favorite anime of all time i watched it all the way through at the end of middle school all the way through at the end of high school and all the way through at the end of college um and several times in between but like 
those pivotal moments were moments where I just needed to kind of like return to that kind of story. And the last time that I rewatched it, not the last time, the second to last time that I rewatched it for that reason. So like right after high school, I realized that it was really stupid of me to try and hide what I was into. And freshman year of college was really hard and I still was trying to figure it out. Like, do I actually want to talk about this outwardly? Do I want to not? What do I want to hide? What do I want to not? And I got a lot heavier into video games at the time and delving into video games that I'd always wanted to play as a kid. So I played a lot of Zelda games. Um, I played through some of the older Kingdom Hearts games that I couldn't get my hands on when I was younger. I played like Soul Calibur and a few of like the Nintendo games that I wasn't able to have because we just didn't have the money for it. And um, I kind of had this epiphany at the end of freshman year of like, fuck it, balls to the wall, I don't give a shit, this is happening, and very slowly started to integrate all of my my <laughs> repressed middle school interests back into my life and refined out all the problematic ones and added in a buttload more. So cut to the end of college where I moved in with Wooper, my partner, we collectively own like 300 different figures of some form. Um, our whole office is covered in like, there's a hand-painted Dragon Ball poster that he did. I have like fan art up of Peach from Mario and like a cute little e-girl style and like all this anime poster shit. And I never got to do that as a kid and I never got to do that in college. So it was like, this is me. This is my prime. And it, it's kind of like sad in a way that I didn't really get to enjoy all of that until I was in my 20s. But now I don't give a shit. Like, look at my anime girls. Aren't they cute? I paid $40 for her. <laughs> you say that now, but then when your boss inevitably finds this one too and you have to explain that you're gay, um, that's gonna be fun for you. My boss has already seen the wall that is behind my desk that has all of this shit on it, so... But we're gonna go into detail and talk about the finer curvature of titties, so... Also true. Counterpoint, I have a Bakugo figure on my desk at work. So if she's surprised, it's her own fault. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> now I'm, like, super deep into my hero. I think it's a really great story. Um, I have not interacted with the cringeness of the fandom. I only interact with adults in that fandom. I am now watching Dragon Ball Z for the first time ever like seriously in my 20s except for all the episodes that I watched with my neighbors as a little kid which was pretty much strictly Piccolo episodes he was like I only like Piccolo everybody else sucks we're just gonna watch Piccolo <laughs> I mean he's right he is right but like damn some context would be nice why is Piccolo bad oh he's not bad anymore uh, oh well we're here he's still hot though oh god he's so hot I he's love so Piccolo hot. I love his little ears it's little pointy ass ears. He's like if Shrek was a himbo. Oh my god. No! How dare you put that image in my mind? I'm so Shrek is a himbo. I'm sorry. That was that was rude. Is he? <laughs> Shrek is definitely a himbo. To be a himbo, you have to be nice. He is nice to everyone else. He's nicer. To Fiona. And, and Donkey. He hates everybody. He's a Sundere and you yes. know it. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so now I'm living my authentic life on Discord, meeting new hot babes, single, not single women in your area. Single <laughs> for you. Parks. <laughs> single only for you. Yes. So in a way, like, 
honest to God, meeting you has kind of just like culminated everything that I was trying to deal with in college and just like figure out of what I liked. Because now it's just kicked my ass into gear of, hey, accept what you're into and learn to talk about it with people and don't be a cringe lord over it. It's like we're reconnecting that same kind of earlier. I take it you still talk to your god sister, but it's kind of reculminating that same nostalgic feeling you had when you were younger, being able to talk to her until 4 a.m. about whoever the hell is hot, Sashimaru being hot as fuck. Doing that again, but this time you're an adult who's had experience and more time to really think and analyze what you looked at. So you kind of get more time to talk about what you know. And also, you can look at porn legally now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, not that I that didn't, wasn't stopping I didn't us. even like. I didn't even engage with porn until I was 19. Bitch, I know you were reading Lemons. Come on. I was going to specify. It was strictly fanfic. It wasn't like visual porn or anything like that. I was just reading all these like 40 chapter long slow burn friends to lovers fanfic and not engaging in actual visual porn Were you reading Hitalia Lemon fanfictions? No. I can confidently say that. Good. Because I have three that kind of blew up on DeviantArt. One of them was a Prussia Hungary one. It was not that long. It was only about five chapters. There was a really dumb, edgy, like Hannibal inspired Spamano one. It is gone. You cannot find these anymore. And then there was a US UK reader smut fic. No. Yeah. Why? Baby, I don't know. I was 14. Do I look like I know what a threesome with two men look like? Come on. <laughs> Baby, no. It was not good. That's. Amazing. No, I I was uh, afraid of interacting with anything too sexual, which then, of course, my dumbass was like, let's just read this story. It won't be too bad. Oh, I don't know what these words mean. I'm 14 and should probably understand this on a basic level. And I still didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry if you listen to this, Dad. You probably remember this, but I was caught like... In Goldshire on WoW when I was five or six. What does that mean? Oh, okay, so I'm taking you don't have that much WoW experience, right? You didn't play? I've never played WoW in my life. Have you played any MMORPGs? No. Okay, so Goldshire, if anyone who's listened or played WoW is listening to this right now, they'll know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. I would play a Night Elf Druid. I was six, please. <laughs> No. I'd go to Goldshire, stand on a fence with other women who were doing the same thing, remove my armor, and dance for hours, and I would make so much money. But, like, I talked like I was six years old, so I don't know how I fooled these dumb fucks. You didn't but fool I was, like, anybody. Six... You, s- you scammed the pedophiles. They didn't know how old I was. I was telling people I was, like, 19. Yeah, but you talked like you were six. They knew. They don't know. <laughs> you, s- you scammed the pedophiles on WoW. <laughs> Honestly, props to you, babe. Hey, yo, Chris Hansen's is gushing on me. But my dad found me in an in-room. He came in to, on the family computer. I saw on the family computer in the living room. Or no, no. I think this is back when the computer was in his office because he used the same computer too. He also played WoW. I think he came into his room once and I'm on a bed in the inn, naked. He's like, what are you? And the person's jumping on top of me. He's like, what are you doing, Parker? I'm like, I don't know, dad. And then I lost WoW privileges for about three years. <laughs> oh my god. 
That is amazing. But when I came back, I joined a top-rated guild and was, like, super successful. So, whatever. <laughs> what a redemption arc. I'm so proud of you. Still did the same thing, though. He just didn't catch me that time. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious. I didn't do any shit like that. Like, I was in um, voice chat in, like, Halo 3 and stuff, and... I would play, I would mostly play local or I'd play with like friends that I knew from school, or friends that I knew from school, just annoying boys were like, oh my God, you're a girl that plays Halo. I want to be your Xbox friend. It's like, yeah, okay, that's fine, I guess. Mr. Um, I have a guild, even though I don't know what that means. It's a clan. Clan, that's the word. Can you tell they're so dumb that I don't give a shit what they're even called? Yes. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Um, when Halo 3 came out in its prime. Which is about this, you know, Halo 3 came out, like, earlier, but it had a prime of, like, two years, three years after it came out. I was on it 24-7. I am not kidding. I would not sleep. I would eat Hot Pockets. I spent over 12 hours sitting in a chair playing. I played mostly matchmaking and custom games. I played so many custom games. I was in an Xbox Live relationship for a year. He lived in Wyoming. He had a ghillie suit. We were the same age. And we maintained that relationship for a year. I, okay, I distinctly remember I was friends with, or I'm, st I'm still friends with this uh, person, he pronouns now, but <laughs> I love him to death. He's so fucking funny. But at the time, um, he's trans, and so it was pre-transition, mm. and we were like 13, maybe. And he had a neighbor that I thought was hot. And I was like, oh, my God, he's he's friends with this neighbor and we're going to go hang out with him and we're going to go play video games. It's going to be so fun. And the neighbor had a crush on him at the time. So it was like, you know, classic 13 year old heartbreak. But this man had a ghillie suit and he was just like sitting in his little like den because he had like a living room and like a den where they just had all his consoles and shit. Cause I think he was an only child. So, you know. And he was sitting in his ghillie suit and playing Call of Duty World at War. And it was like 2 p.m. in the summer. I swear to God, Call summer. of Duty ruined straight men. Those motherfuckers <laughs> saw a ghillie suit once and like, I need that. And then they didn't do anything with it. They just sit in their room wearing it like, you playing a little dress up? Are you having fun? You say as you drink out of it. Was that a Dragon Ball water, water bottle? Is that really? That's I have cool two shit. of them. I have two of them. My other one, the top broke because I dropped it because I'm stupid, but it has Vegeta on it. It's like a training water bottle, so it has like the water levels and they're all his moves. And when you drink it, like when you drink to the end, it says you're Super Saiyan, which Aww. is dumb because he's Super Saiyan God on the bottle, not normal Super Saiyan, but whatever. Okay, well, I it, have it was cool for a second. Vegeta water bottles. <laughs> I, I have a, uh, it's not like a water bottle. It's one of those like coffee tumblers where it looks like a, um, looks like a, like a plastic cup of iced coffee. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's clear plastic, and on one side it has uh, Midoriya from My Hero, and the other side it has Bakugo. And I thought that it was just Bakugo when I bought it, and I was very disappointed when I opened the box and saw Midoriya's face and was like, what the fuck is this? You bought a Baku Deku cup? Yeah, basically. But it's official merch. Do you want to get back on the topic of the show? Yes, where were we? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's it's also kind of into what we wanted to talk about, which is like women's experience in fandom more specifically and the queer experience in fandom and anyone who is also like trans or going through like a gender identity um crisis or maybe you like 
you don't know what you've identified as and to also go through that experience with fandom and consumption of this kind of media that often has tones of finding yourself, of coming of age, of like discovering a new power or something along those lines. And I think that that kind of shit is why you and I resonate with this so much and what is really like empowering us to do this and to create the show at all. Also to simp. And that's fine. <laughs> My entire personality when I was 12 years old was based off of Haruhi Fujioka to the point where I genuinely gave myself a real like panic inducing fear of storms because I wanted to be her so bad. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. As someone as someone who can be very androgynous, had a bowl cut with brown hair, shitty glasses, and a crippling fear of storms. Fuck you. <laughs> we live in the same life, baby. What's up? <laughs> I used to consider myself gender fluid. Um I'm not anymore. I don't feel that way. A lot of it was kind of by peer pressure because I looked very masculine because I was super tall. Um, I'm flat chested. And so people would just assume that like, you're a little trans boy, aren't you? Like, no, please. I am a girl. Like, this is cool. I'm I'm a girl. Please treat me with respect. Um, so I used to get called a guy a lot. I'd be called a sweet girl a lot because I was on Halo. And that's just, you know, high pitch voice means you're a squeaker, even though you're, you know, a lady. And so... I used to think I was gender fluid because it made me feel like it was okay that I didn't look traditionally female because most of my clothes didn't fit because I was super tall and trying to buy clothes for a tall kid who's really skinny is not, it's not, you can't do it. It's too hard because everything my height was for people who were like on the larger side of things. It just, it wasn't good. So I couldn't dress how I wanted to. I couldn't express myself. So I was kind of androgynous for the most point. I was wearing men's clothing and I genuinely thought I was gender fluid and I was comfortable being that way because I didn't know how to embrace my femininity and I was fine with it. And I was like, I can like kin Haruhi. Like I saw you and was like, I want your gender, bitch. I want you. And I made it my entire personality. Like my mom was giving me A-line haircuts and I I couldn't wear glasses because I was not blind. But I wanted to absorb her and become her. And at one point, I kinned so hard, I basically did. And it shifted my entire personality for the rest of my life. Thank God I didn't get into kinning. I did not get into kinning. Hold on, hold on. Don't don't misconstrue that. I do not believe... I'm not a kin. I don't kin. I just project. <laughs> I'm not a fictive type of person. I don't believe that, like, I am that person, like alive i don't believe i'm that person i just looked at them and said hey i like you and then i inhaled their personality i'm still myself i don't believe i am this person walking amongst men and people are gonna call me haruhi fujioka every time i walk but i did absorb her <laughs> so whatever that's on me wouldn't it be so weird if someone just looked at you and said your name every time you got up and walked that's all i could think of when you said that no it happens a lot actually <laughs> to me I got bullied. Oh, okay. Bro. bro, that was the easiest way to bully me. They would just yell my name at me and make me look and then laugh like, what the f- What is this? Did that never happen to you once? No. Oh my god. People just yell Parker and I look and then they laugh like- No, people yelled things at me like, faggot. And I was like, oh. oh. no, no. I was about to say that one. I'd be walking home from school and then kids on the bus would un- like pull their window down, like the shitty windows. You would hear them doing it. And just like, hey, hey you fat dyke. Like, What? I'm not fat, and you don't know I'm gay yet. Come on. I don't even know I'm gay yet. How do you know? No, I knew I was gay. (laughs) I knew I was gay. But, like, don't call me a dyke. That's impolite. From you, man. Go put on your shitty ghillie suit. 
It's like that kind of shit that was just an extension of or like extended into personal life when trying to delve into these hobbies too. Like that's why I stopped going on online communities and why I stopped engaging in like team chat if I played any kind of online game. And I'm still fucking afraid of it. I love Overwatch. I refuse to join a random team chat. All three, I know you, me, and Wooper were all into Halo 3. Our experiences, have you been, you didn't play like online, but you still knew like, oh, you, you know, you're a girl, you suck. Fuck you. I dealt with that firsthand because I was in matchmaking. Like, I was good in matchmaking. I was pretty high up. I don't remember the ranking system because it's been so long. But I was good at matchmaking. And I used to get queued with my friends all the time. I was in a clan. I was good. But I would be called a squeaker every time we got into any voice calls. So I only did party. I would only do party with people I knew. Because I just couldn't deal with the mental duress of like, you're a little squeaker, you're a little fucking boy. I'm like, am I a little boy? Like, am I really? Come on. I'm lady, please. <laughs> I'm little, I'm just a little girl. But the worst part was, is um, I grew up like lower middle class, which is whatever. I couldn't afford, or my dad couldn't really afford or want to pay for two Xbox Live accounts. So I played under his. I couldn't change his icon, so it was like a tan bald dude was of his avatar, was it? I'm like, please, I'm not a little boy, it's my dad! <laughs> and, man, maybe that's why I had so much like weird gender dysphoria, was because like everyone from every direction in real life and online was like, you're a little boy! Like, no, please. And then I hit puberty and didn't get any tits. And like, maybe I am a little boy. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of really connected to characters more because I was in this weird point of being bullied where it's like, these are well-liked characters in said media I liked. Like, watching Soul Eater, when I saw Subaki was like shy and still kind of stubborn and cute, I was like, I want to be her. So I started to inhale parts of Subaki. But I think the worst part was that I also inhaled a lot of bratty behaviors because um, my dad's family shows affection by, like, teasing. So we would make fun of each other a lot. And I liked that. And that's why when I was watching Italia and I saw Romano, who kind of is tough love and kind of an asshole, to his brother, I was like, fuck yeah, this is the life I want to live. So I... I projected myself so hard onto this character, I cosplayed him, I had a Hitalia belt, and I decided to bring my cosplay, I'm gonna say kin at this point, because it was cringe, but it wasn't kin, because I didn't know, kinning wasn't a thing openly back then, but it was, but I wasn't in it, but I wore my shitty fucking little Romano wig and a shirt that said, like, make pasta not war. And it had, like, the, you know, like, the fucking, like, dog thing that Italy had. It wasn't, like, a dog thing. I don't, I don't know how to yes, describe it. Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of looked more like a bunny. I think it was more of a bunny yes. dog. Yep. I don't fucking know. But it was that on it. It was, like, a yellow shirt. It didn't fit me right because I was too tall. I got it Hot Topic. The wig was unstyled, and it was gross. And I wore that to Saint on St. Patrick's Day of all days. So it's a little gingy fucked kid in a <laughs> unstyled wig. And everyone's like, why are you dressed like that? I'm like, it's because I'm Irish. That's why my hair is red. I don't want to do this anymore, but I can't take it off because you know wig hair. So I'm just like, hello, I'm here. And that bullying experience I received that day was good enough to never, ever want to do it again. Oh my God. I learned my lesson then. I never outwardly spoke about my horrific um, cosplay shit. I kept it so under the radar until I was in high school. And then I started doing it again. But then, like I said, I wore an Attack on Titan scouting jacket to my first day of freshman year. 
That was horrific, because it was on my student ID card, and I was like, oh, shit, can't escape that sin now. I remember being a sophomore in high school, and for Halloween, I was like, I'm going to go all out, I'm going to do a really cool costume, and I wanted to do like a cosplay level costume, not just like a half-assed Halloween thing. So I wanted to be Zelda from Twilight Princess, and I feel like I did an okay job for someone that didn't cosplay a lot and knew, like, just a little bit of sewing. I feel like it looked all right. And I thrifted a bunch of stuff and then altered it, and I handmade the foam armor and, like, styled the wig and everything. And I wore it to school, because <laughs> we had, like, a big costume contest every year. And I play the violin. Not well anymore, but <laughs> somewhat okay then. And I was out of orchestra at that time. Like, I had I was in orchestra for one year, and then I was like, screw this, I hate this, I just want to play violin on my own. But I brought my violin that day because I had this, like, grand scheme. Again, I was a sophomore. I was 16. I had this grand scheme in my head that I was going to, like, wear my cool little Zelda outfit, and for the contest, I was going to play Zelda's theme on my violin while in cosplay. And I tried to do this the morning before my first hour like, right outside of the classroom with my friends that were also dressed up, and they're like, oh, you gotta play the thing. So I'm like, all right, let me just open my case and tighten my bow and get everything set up, and then I'll play. Because it's not like a ukulele. It's not like you can just whip it out and strum. <laughs> and it was so bad, Parks. I just was like, I'm going home. I have to... <laughs> I can't deal with this. The playing of it, or, like, the costume, just all of it combined? Just, it was so upsettingly stupid that I thought this would be so awesome. And I think I stashed my violin in, like, my favorite teacher's classroom. I was like, don't let anybody touch this. And just didn't even bother for the rest of the day. Like, nobody look at me. Nobody engage. The only saving grace was that my physics teacher went that year as Link. And he had, like, a little Navi that he made that was on his shoulder. So we got a picture together, which looked cool. But that was it. So... I was out as a cosplayer my freshman year. So for my freshman year, my friend, or no, I don't think I dressed up freshman year, but sophomore year, me and my friend were both the moon emojis. So I wore a blue wig and like the moon emoji mask. And then I was like, I think I was wearing like a cute dress if I remember. I don't remember. But still, I was like a moon emoji. I was not going to do real costumes. I didn't do anything junior year because I didn't care. My senior year, though, I dressed as Guy Fieri. With the wig and the facial hair and all. And I had a bag of Dove chocolates in my pocket, like in my cargo shorts. Both pockets filled. And I was walking around um, showing all of my high school, uh, the America's Finest Diners, Drive-Ins, and Doves, and like handing out Dove chocolate. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I was diva for um, my junior year. That's what I was. Freshman year of high school... Me, a couple friends, and my shitty ex-boyfriend and I were... I said me and I in that sentence. Mm. Fuck. It's late. Um, <laughs> We were the Four Swords Lynx, and I made all four of those costumes from scratch with, like, shitty broadcloth and had to hand-stitch far too much of it. And it looked not great, but surprisingly okay for a 15-year-old that didn't really know how to sew. <laughs> oh, baby, no. Yeah, it was I... pretty bad. I feel like I bullied myself out of my Zelda phase. Um, I'm just going to grab the reason why right here. It's an ocarina. It's um, specifically, sorry, uh, not sorry, it's Zelda's model, but from when Ocarina of Time when she was younger, before it becomes, you know, the big 12-hole pretty one. So it's a six-hole. I learned how to play it. I would play it 
all the fucking time. Like, I'd go out to the school field in middle school and just kind of stand there wistfully playing, like, the Simpsons theme on my ocarina. It's like, I'm the coolest kid here. <laughs> can you can you play something? No. <laughs> Please. It's been years, bro. I can't control my breathing. I got one lung. Do you think I can handle that? I do have a big kazoo. You want a big kazoo run? <laughs> That's a giant kazoo. I know. The thing's like I'm not the gonna, size of your forearm. I'm not going to do that because my waveform's going to get so fucked up that it's going to ruin your editing. And I'm not oh going to do God. that to you. It's also like 10 p.m. where you are. I'm sure your mom's going to be like, what the fuck Do you fuck think it'd be the kazoo? first time she'd hear a kazoo? I get drunk at 4 a.m. and blast the kazoo. Come on. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember like my mom coming into my room and getting so mad at me just for like watching anime at two o'clock in the morning or something quiet as a mouse i had my headphones in like i wasn't doing anything and she's like go to bed just quit it i don't know what you're doing but stop I'm like what the fuck <laughs> i know you are awake and i don't like it so cut it out <laughs> literally like let me just watch my weird anime in peace i don't give a shit what you're doing just let me, let me stay up like the goblin i am I used to get loud um, when I or back when she was working like nights more and going to school more. It was a little bit of an issue, but now I'm not in school. She doesn't really give a shit as long as I'm being polite. And for the most part, I am. Um, But when I was younger and undiagnosed with my severe autism, um, it was hard to control my voice back then because I wasn't aware of like my volumes because I didn't know why I was that way. And so I used to get really loud. And so she would turn the Wi-Fi off at 11, but then she'd come in at like 4 a.m. to get a glass of water and I'd still be at my computer playing Skyrim because I didn't need Wi-Fi to play that shit. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? I'm chilling. <laughs> like, I'm in the living room doing this. And so there was no way out of it. She knew I was doing it. I, I couldn't get away with it. Or um, I wasn't, I didn't have a smartphone until I was 16. So I had a little tablet I'd be watching shit on that tablet every day. She couldn't get rid of me. I was annoying as hell. I was always on the internet doing something. I just, I just like hid in my bedroom and did not interact with anybody from the ages of 13. No, let's be honest, from the ages of 11 to 18. <laughs> I had a laptop I bought with my own money and it lasted me that entire time. And I would just sit in there and watch my anime and like Skype or Yahoo message my my god sister and would go on Tumblr and that was my life. <laughs> Did you have an Omegle face? No. Omegle scared me. Is it because you didn't have friends to do it with? No, I would go to some fuck you. I would go to some <laughs> like sleepovers with some friends and we would like oh, let's go on Omegle. It'll be so fun. And we do that for maybe 20 minutes. I'm like, this is boring as fuck. I'm and then one of your friends would get really, really into it. And then next thing you know, they had kick on their phone and they're kicking like a 40-year-old man who's like calling them the next day. You're like, oh, this is weird. Your experiences are not universal. <laughs> yes, they are. That's the thing. Just because you don't know, I promise you, it's universal. I promise mm. you. I promise well, you. Maybe it's like a Utah girl thing. But I've had the experience of having, like, someone call me and they're like, I need you to, like, talk me down from this cliff. I'm like, you're, f like, 40 and I'm 13. Come on, bro. Please don't. Like, you're so important. And then I block him the next day because it's like, that was weird. And then I do it again. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Also, I cannot believe you made me listen to this sentence. Maybe it was just a Utah girl thing. Listen, I may not have had many friends growing up. But, like, at least I knew 
Not to be like, I'm just an Oklahoma girl. Oh my god, forty year old uh, men talk to me. I don't alive. think I'm a just Utah thing, but like, or Utah girl, I'm a thing. But I didn't like. This is not a universal experience for you. But I bet if I texted for someone you, right now, ta, yes, yes. But yes. like, if I texted someone I went to high school with, I bet you I can find, I can name, or I'm not going to dox them, but I can tell you personally after this. At least five girls who did this exact same thing. We would bond over it. We would show it's like, this is the 40-year-old I'm talking to. And we're like, maybe this is why we're fucked up adults. Because <laughs> we had to be therapists for grown-ass men that our parents didn't know we were talking to. I've been exposed to the worst parts of the internet. Yeah, same. Which, I mean, that's kind of also a big part of why we want to do this. We just want to bitch about dumb shit we've been subjected to as women online and young girls online. Because apparently there's no fucking difference to anybody involved in fandom now. If you've been exposed to fandom culture, you have seen these dark underbellies of things. Even now. I wish I could say it's been grown out of now, but you still see it. Like on currently Dream Stan Twitter right now, that kid said the N-word and everyone is defending him still. These 15-year-old girls are like violently so positive arguing that this is a fake clip and he did not say those things. Like, y'all, this cult following is insane. And it's the same shit that was, like, us when we were teenagers. But the people we were doing this for were fictional, so it was less weird. I'd also still, like, rather defend to the death that Inuyasha is a better character than Sashomaru. They're both hot, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Rather than be, like, this dumbass on twitch or youtube said a slur therefore my whole existence is, must be questioned like what right. just fall in love with 2d fictional men that's and then they, get, they make fun problems. of us they're like anime profile picture like yeah at least i know sashabru is not gonna say a slur at me come on but yeah it's these same occult followings that young teenage girls are falling into because it's that age where it's you know it's that coming of age feeling and it's confusing and it's easy to fall into traps that's why i was talking to old men because it was familiar and it was something that i could pretend was normal enough to kind of rationalize what was happening with my own like not to uh, my own body like weird puberty but it's a weird change and it's hard to know your identity and so it's so easy to take these outside influences even just one hyperfixation and make it your entire identity and what you want to stand so firmly with that you don't know how to consume media in a way that is separated from it and that's fine for the most part when you're an adult because you know how to consume this media and how to properly analyze it in a way that's not going to hurt anybody or hurt yourself and know that just because this happens in fiction it's not okay in real life and a lot of teenagers don't know that and they don't get it and that's fine and i mostly say this for like young girls and you know people new to the lgbt community because those are a lot of preyed upon groups and i don't say that like it's it's dangerous but like it's true because it's that sense of it's that lack of experience with that sort of thing to begin with and that's why you kind of need those fandom elders who will really be like 20 year olds (laughs) Um, so they're not really elderly anything, but you kind of need them there because you need someone to police this to make sure that these older people in the fandom aren't taking advantage of the newer people to the fandom. 
Yeah, definitely. And also, like, that's kind of what you and I want to achieve. We we did the dumb shit. We made the mistakes. We embarrassed ourselves through the years. And it's totally okay and, like, encouraged even to interact with communities and to find friends that enjoy the same shit that you do and to do dumb things and to go be kids because at the end of the day, it's just a story you get to tell when you're older. But what's not the fun story to tell is when you get stuck into shit like that. And I wanted to cultivate like a nice inviting space, mostly for these more marginalized and targeted groups, especially for like anyone that's younger that's kind of caught in that at the moment and wants a community that they can at least turn to and know exists and has their back. So we're here for the adults that want to simp over Vegeta and also for uh, taking up a sword to the creepy old men (laughs) that want to prey on these little babies. We're meant for everybody and we want to be that good outlook for people who don't know the deep dives of fandom. And even like then... We want to be a good guiding figure for the people who are new to fandom overall, people who've already been exposed to it but don't know what to do about it, who don't have those figures. Um, specifically, like, I know for fact in the MHA, there are no good fucking fa- fan, like, there's no good in between in that fandom. And I know you are very firm in it, but you're also kind of on the outside of it. But yeah. I've been in the local con scene, I see this straight up, and unfortunately, my hero cosplayers are one of the biggest groups that are taken advantage of in the cosplay scene specifically too and that's kind of my issue that was why i'm so passionate like i don't i have not seen any of it because i just can't because it's so crazy to me like obviously i said i was gonna try it for you and i will but everything i've seen from it from within my personal experience has been kind of insane and that's whatever but i want these people to know that Either if you're a new person to fandom or you've been in it for a while, there's people who have been in this shit for so long, like you, who didn't know that people dress like Nazis at the Holocaust Museum. Yep. Nazi Germany at the Holocaust Museum. People don't know that. They don't know how deep. They just see, like, I'm just going to keep using Hitalia as an example here because it's so easy. But they saw it and they're like, ew, countries like cringe. It's like, oh, these are weird, some weird yaoi shippers like you, cringe. Which is totally true, but they don't know the full extent. They don't know about the Danganronpa cosplayers who go and put their bare pussy on gravestones, which is a thing. What? Yeah, she got dragged. She tries to, this cosplayer tries to rebrand like every other year. They don't know about this. And it's like, you need to know there are both sides of a fandom and you need to know how to guide yourself to the right direction while still being critical of what you're watching and who you're around. And that's the balance that hopefully you and I can both give. Um, And that's kind of why I want to talk about it specifically with overall fandoms, because there's times where people don't know. And when you're young and in these communities, you don't have anyone to tell you that this isn't the right look. This isn't what you want to do tact of it all yeah we we did the dumb shit we posted cringe we we posted questionable things and interacted with people in not safe ways and ultimately we want to talk about that we want to joke about it but we also want to make it known of like we made the mistakes for you just listen to our suffering and don't do it (laughs) obviously we're not, like I said, we're not parents. We can't stop you from doing it, but hopefully if we share our embarrassing stories and other embarrassing stories of people in our communities who have done this already, you won't have to. You don't need to go and show up doing these weird things. You don't need to be 
a Bakugo cosplayer in a leash because God knows there's a million of them. You don't need to do that. If it makes you feel good, do it in the privacy of your home. Post it privately where your account is locked and it's not being seen by adults. This is under the guise that you were like a 17-year-old. Do not post this where adults can be. That's the part of fandom that we want to make sure you feel safe in and know how to recognize these communities in whatever circle you may be a part of. And also, like, how to just stop yourself from doing anything that's, like, dumb in those Don't realms. do dumb shit. Just, it's, I know we've said it a couple times in the episode, but we also just want to hammer in since it's, you know, sleepover day one, basically. We just want to create something that we have fun with, that we want others to have fun with, but also to know a lot of our stories are born from other people being assholes, us being idiots, or a mixture of the two. And it sucks whenever you grow up and realize, like, oh, yeah, I was kind of dumb. And just sort of, like, said, yeah, totally, to this guy who was obviously five years my senior. And it's hilarious in the aftermath because when you can't do anything else all you can do is laugh at it and like obviously we want to keep this light-hearted in some ways but there's going to be times where the only way you can address it is to get to the meat of it all and what happened and i think it's good to establish episode one that sometimes what we're going to talk about can get a little dark because you have to understand why we're so firm on some of these things because our experiences, I mean, obviously there's the funny shit of, like, Misha Apocalypse, which was a nightmare to deal with and, like, super cringy to look at. But that was still, on the end of it, was lighthearted, Yeah, at know? the end of the day, it was just, like, his face a thousand times. It wasn't anything necessarily exactly. weird. It was just like, all right, there's Misha Collins' face for the 479th time today. <laughs> I think that's, honestly, over, I think we covered pretty much everything that we intended to for the first episode and a lot more we really did we're gonna share cringe stories and it's gonna get dark but we mostly want to have fun yeah mostly i just want to yell about the fact that i love axel from kingdom hearts 2 and anybody who says thank you anyone that says differently (laughs) you suck have better taste in men his face tattoos are good (laughs) i will stand by this forever didn't they take them away at the end of kingdom hearts 3 yeah okay so it's because he's not axel anymore he's lee and he like he be, he goes from a nobody to a somebody those are technical terms for I the know video they are. game go okay. put the tears back on your face baby you know you want it's them fine. go get that liquid <laughs> eyeliner it's okay it's okay i'll teach you how to put it on come on that's fine anyways i'm so glad that we started this and i'm are doing this and i'm glad that i get to both bitch and moan and also celebrate all of our dumb interests that make us happy and things exactly. that I spend too much money on. Ooh, <laughs> too yeah. much of my adult salary on tiny little figures of buff anime men. Now we die, they're going to end up in a landfill and no one's going to know why. They're going to go to my nieces and no one else. I will indoctrinate them into this. Force feed them this content just so you have someone to give all your Funko Pops to when they're worthless because you took them out of the box. They're not worth anything in the box either. No, they're not. They're not worth anything at all. My Funko Pops rant is not about you as a collector. It's about other people who are like, I'm going to sell this for $800 next month. Just you wait and then they don't. But you know you're not. I don't buy a Funko Pop that's over $45 because it's stupid. You spend 20 bucks on it. It's garbage. You put it on your desk and you love that garbage. Yeah. 
Thanks for hanging out with us for this first episode of Fandames. Yay! It sound, it feels very weird to say that. Yeah, it does. That's why I was talking for so long to not have to do an outro. Well, I mean, it's just like, it's cool that we're starting a new thing, you know? Like, we're cultivating something together. And it's it's both weird but exciting to talk about it. Exactly. Hell yeah. We have a Twitter and an Instagram. It's at FandamesPod for both. We have an email address at FandamesPod at gmail.com. Talk to us. Hang out with us. Follow us. Love us. <laughs> Love us. This is a threat. Love Vegeta. That's our only request. Post Vegeta fan cams under every single podcast we've ever had. God, please, please, please do it under every tweet. I will retweet them every time. Um, Parks, do you want to plug any of your own stuff before we sign off? Um, yeah, so I'm Crown Guard Cosplay No Space on Instagram. I'm Little Light Bee on Twitter. I'm Lady Crown Guard on Twitch. If you find one of those, you'll find the links to the others on my link tree. But that's the easiest way. Neb, where can we find you? I am at Nebula underscore Inky. That's I-N-K-Y. On Instagram, Twitter, all I do is post art and complain about shit and complain about having to make art to be an artist. <laughs> and that's my existence. Such is life. Hell yeah. We're going to be posting these on a bi-weekly schedule, so you will not hear from us for a whole two weeks. I hope you don't miss our voices too much. But if you do, you can check out the Nerdtastic Galaxy with Wooper and Neb. You guys post on Wednesdays? Yes, correct? we post every Wednesday, um, and it goes up midnight uh, Central Standard Time. So wherever you are in the world, find your time zone, figure out the difference. It'll be on there, I promise. It might be 20 minutes early or a few minutes late, but it'll be up there. Join the Discord. Yes! Find us. Hang out with us. Join the Discord. It's in the description of every uh, Nerdtastic Galaxy episode. And who knows? Maybe we'll have one in the future. Maybe. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge. Well, thanks for doing this, Parks. I love you. you. I love love sipping over Vegeta with you. And We barely talked about him this episode. That's why I keep mentioning him. I can't let anyone (laughs) forget him. I can't let anyone forget him and his stupid hair. Goodbye. I love you. That's not for you, Ned. That's for the audience. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Already feeling the lack of love. Also love you, but that one was for them. Thanks. The I tender l- one was for them. I love you too, audience. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.